0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So today, it is just me. Uh, so this is not going to be quite as long as normal, but it will be still a podcast setting. Now, I know when I've done these before, they've been uh, Q&As and things like that, but this one is very much a podcast, me, me talking about various things around homelessness and mental health um, because of my past experience. Um, obviously, we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Now, this is for a few different reasons. Now, obviously, anyone that is listening on Amazon Music or on Spotify can't see that I have bleached my hair and I'm currently... Blonde. Um, this is because I met up with a couple of other Twitch streamers uh, who are mental health streamers as well, and basically, I got bored and decided I was going blonde. So <laughs> that is what happened. Um, but in the interim, I've actually uh, created and started um, projects on a mental health charity called Up for Mental Health. Uh, you can find the details uh, below in the description. Uh, but we've now started to look at different things. We've just partnered with a cryptocurrency to make sure that we can move things forward. And we're currently creating a mindfulness course uh, that's looking for accreditation and acceptance at the moment. So a lot of things have been happening obviously why I had to take a couple of weeks off from the podcast but we're back Uh, this one is starting off uh, with me talking about homelessness now those of you that don't know I have been homeless twice in my life uh, once in my teens and once in my late 20s neither was through any kind of choice um, necessity possibly but not through choice of any means Um, both times were difficult difficult for my mental health uh, for different reasons when I was in my teens it was um, the fact that I had actually moved out of my um, family home wasn't living with my my uh, parents at the time um, had been moving around and living with other people and actually spent some time on the street not a massive amount of time there nothing like um some other people but actually had spent some time on the street as well as sofa surfing and various other things um things that now i look back on is weird to think of as being the norm even in terms of sofa surfing, uh shouldn't be the norm and it's why people get uh, mistaken as not homeless when they're sofa surfing although you very much are. Um, but also a couple of times sleeping in doorways and things like that that um I would absolutely not recommend. Uh, this was in the Midlands in the UK. Um and then in my late 20s, um I basically had a breakdown. Um I don't think at the time I was really accepting it. I don't think anybody really saw it, but looking back on it now, I think I can pretty much determine I, I was having a breakdown. Um and Uh, effectively I ended up having to (coughs) excuse me um, having to move out having to sofa surf massively Um, (coughs) uh, I found myself quite often actually sleeping in sheds um, which is a very interesting thing Um, so sleeping in people's sheds in the back gardens um, upright in in a shed is is just a weird way of sleeping Um, and, and obviously sofa surfing as well so i managed to be relatively well um put together nobody nobody knew um i had a gym membership you know at the time um and I could, cause gym membership was, was nothing. It was, it was less than 20 pounds for a month. And of course I could go there, have a shower before working out, have another shower. So I was, you know, I didn't even need the, the uh, shower gel or anything. Cause it was provided at the gym. Um, so I came out minty fresh. Nobody could see anything. I was still working out. I was a normal guy going in, working out um, nice and fresh going in and out. Um, still had a job at the time, but it just wasn't, um, I couldn't sustain anything. Uh, I couldn't get my own place to rent because of various other issues and, and, um, causing myself, uh, various issues in terms of my own, um, credit score when I was 18 and then going forward, um, luckily have, have pretty much all gone now, not completely, but pretty much all gone now. Um, but at that time in my life, um, it wasn't, so that was very difficult for me and I, I didn't want to reach out. I felt actually no, um, I can I can do this. This is just you know I'll, I'll just con- I'll just continue. Just carry on. You know this ridiculous stiff upper lip of of the English of keep calm and carry on. Um, <coughs> it was a very strange time for me because I had no real ambition, which is weird. It's very strange for anyone that that, that knows me and has known me for a long time, even that ambition, uh, drive, and want to do things has always been something that has identified me it's always been something you could probably rely um on me for you know oh, well adam is is the one that you you know he's gonna he's gonna do something he's gonna he's gonna really push um adam will put his all into something if you want something done he'll do it That just wasn't there at the time um i had effectively kind of given up on things um <clears throat> as i say looking back it was primarily down to the fact that i'd, I'd had a breakdown Um, and this is why i'm talking about this today in terms of um the it's good to talk podcast which of course talks about mental health now i have suffered um from various different things the two um conditions i have that i've suffered from the most um and this doesn't include everything i i I have a nice little alphabet of conditions um (coughs) i do apologize i seem to have a nice little tickly cough there um the the two that have caused me the most pain suffering and just hell over the years have been my ocd and that is clinically diagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder um which (coughs) is very 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 different to the media interpretation of obsessive compulsive disorder um if you look at ocd on tv or in films um you see it on things like 8 out of 10 cats um with john richardson who basically has some obsessions and he's very tidy and this is then converted into being ocd now much as there may be some similarities there it doesn't really translate that easily in fact a, one of the biggest things about ocd is um intrusive thoughts self doubt self-hate and everything that comes with it you think the worst of yourself and you believe truly that you are at fault there could be things that have happened that you have absolutely nothing to do with but somehow you convince yourself it must have been me i i i i'm i'm that i'm 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 you know i'm i was in that area i must have done you know i must have robbed this bank because i was there you know it's it sounds ridiculous to say to other people, but your mind simply convinces you that that is the case. There's no way that it's not you. Of course it's you. You might've been in the area when, when um, you know, someone was killed, you might've um, been walking past when someone was hit by a car and you, you just cannot get out of that viewpoint. And so self-loathing self-hate comes with it. Um, for me, along with that depression, Now, depression, OCD I've had since I was nine. Um, and then I was diagnosed with depression from the age of 15. Um, and that has been to times where suicide has been not only attempted, um, not only thought of, but attempted. Um, plans have been made. and It's been very, very difficult. And these two together, as well as other things, have were the leading force behind my breakdown when I was um, in my late 20s for my, um, my being homeless then. Now, when I was 15, did being homeless then cause my depression? I don't think so. I think it was, unfortunately, an inevitability, but I think it certainly didn't help. It did change a lot of my perspectives on things. Um, it meant that, um, for instance, the way I looked at martial arts, I became far more into self-defense um, than I previously was. I was far more traditionalist uh, martial arts before. Then on the streets um, for that time period and and being homeless and a bit of self surfing and things, um, realized actually in specifically dangerous situations, the traditional isn't really meant for the modern world. You know, you need to have some stress testing and and self-defense became a thing. Um, As well as as that, I think um, being on the streets also made me harden quite a lot um I don't know if I was ever really a happy-go-lucky kid I don't think I was ever the kind of I'll let it just wash over me and I'll I'll always turn the other cheek I don't know if that was ever the case but I think certainly for me um (coughs) the the time um being homeless when I was in my teens definitely um uh, pushed towards the more hardening um to me saying you know what I don't care if you want to stand against me um if I have an opinion if I have a way of thinking if I have um some some thoughts on this you're going to hear them you know I'm not going out to expressly offend anyone or anything like that but I'm not going to be taken down by you trying to lord over your age or experience over me in a given situation. If I may be right on something, I'm not going to be just pushed aside. Um, and I think it also meant that I reconfigured the way I thought on things. Um, I don't think I was ever necessarily that much of a smart kid back then. Nowadays, people will tend to see me as an academic i've got on to do degrees and, and fellowships for, for different things um, and certainly academia is is a, a strong path for me it's something i want to go into even further in the future um, back then uh no i was i was the fat class clown if anything um didn't really have that many kind of interactions i wasn't very outspoken um, <coughs> I wasn't an extrovert or any of this kind of thing that a lot of people nowadays would probably assume from me, especially from a persona that is online. Um, Now, I say persona because I think at that age is when the first mask went on. I think when I was was homeless, that is one thing that definitely came from it, was it was the first time I, I put on the mask. I said, this isn't the person I want to be. I don't want to be this kid that... Nobody gets on with that is easy to um, step on that can't connect with people that's really introverted. Um, and I decided that wasn't going to be me. Now, this is a weird thing to talk about, really. Um, but people with depression, as well as many other conditions, anxiety, ASD, all other conditions, so many of them um, do have this thing of masking. Where you you find someone um although that's more mirroring, but it's mirroring and masking over overlapping there where mirroring is effectively finding someone that you want to you want the world to think you're like, so you become that masking is where you just you put up a wall and I effectively combine the two and I, I put up the wall so that people never really got to know that inside there was still a crying little boy in the corner. Um, and I decided that person there, that's the one I want to be. And that's what I created. And I think um, being homeless at that time and having those thoughts definitely helped me in that way. And it's a weird thought to think that um, ever being homeless could be something that helped you. But realistically, I think it did. Um my mental health at the time it got brushed aside it helped me create um the version of me that i was going to show the world and it um certainly had an impact on me but i did um what so many people do is i pushed it back i pushed it down i didn't allow myself to interact with it I became toughened, as I say I didn't cry I didn't um allow the world to see who I was I didn't allow the world to know that I was hurting that I was in pain I didn't reach out to friends or family um (coughs) I just carried on I kept calm and carried on and that and that was me that was that was just how it was there was nothing else it was just this is this is um what what uh what i am now and i think that continued um do i think that's even come off now no i I think there's still a level of that i think there's still a level of i don't let people in um i don't trust very easily at all i may put on a smiling face for many things but in reality I don't think anyone truly ever really knows what I'm thinking Um, and I don't think that's really a good thing I think it would be good to be able to let people in more often I think it'd be good to trust but on the flip side of that do I think I'd have survived if I didn't create that and if I didn't push my mental health down it's hard to say, it's difficult. Um, <coughs> it was a tough time. It was a tough time. And I think if I'd have had the right structures in place, then of course, dealing with my mental health would have been better because now I'm coming to the conclusion of having to deal with it now, having to have dealt with it in the past few years and um, with the loss of my wife, with um, with COVID, uh, with, with everything there's so many things that are now going okay okay dickhead now deal with it you've pushed me down for long enough now I'm back now deal with me um that's hard (coughs) and of course it creates things like breakdowns which of course I uh, like I say in my in my late 20s that was I believe the main cause of my homelessness. Now, when I was in my teens, it, it wasn't the cause. There was a, there was a lot of things going on. Um, a stepfather at the time, meaning I moved out home. Uh, unstable environment that I was that I was in when I moved out of home, uh, not at home, but when I moved out of family home, um, just led to that. But when I was in my late twenties, it was mental health that did it. Um, I broke up with a partner at the time, or more specifically, they broke up with me. And I, um, I think that's the first time I can legitimately say I fell apart. I think there's been three times in my life when I've fallen apart. Um, the latest one, I think I'm probably still going through. I think I'm, in, in part, I don't think I'm quite as put together as people maybe think I am or that I try and be. And I think that's still in place now. Um, but I think the first of these was in my late twenties, um, broken up a low partner with, um, uh, an ex-partner and I had a breakdown that was, um, time of university to my late twenties. So over seven years of my life, over five years of my life, living with that person. And, um, I had, I had mucked up beforehand. Um, and I actually believe i'd started going for a breakdown whilst i was still in the relationship um probably six months before the end of the relationship i pulled away i was um just a complete idiot um didn't put myself um in the right place i didn't listen to the better part of my mind and i let the stupidity take over and then, when the relationship ended, and um, things happened there because I, I I let rent slide and and stupid stuff like that. And then um, when the when the relationship actually did end. and um, I found that something that had been promised to me in terms of staying somewhere now wasn't possible. I scrabbled for th- scrambled for things. I ended up at one point effectively being security for for a a landlord at the time who was redoing a house, a five bed house and basically don't pay rent, just stay here and make sure no one breaks in. Um, I was doing that at one point and I was just spiraling. I was just spiraling and it ended up with me homeless. I was there, I was was sofa surfing, I was sleeping in sheds, I, I was having issues. I had some, some big issues. I had to, it, I mean, I managed to conclude it by um, having a, a frank discussion with family and, and having one of them be a guarantor um, for a place to stay. And I, I slowly picked myself up from that, but that was a difficult time. I found myself avoiding people, um, really avoiding, like hiding away, literally hiding away um, from people that had done nothing wrong, from people that weren't out to cause me harm, um, just, just in general, I found myself locking myself away. If I could, um, find a sofa to sleep on, I'd, I'd lock myself away in a room. I I'd, I'd, wouldn't want to engage. I wouldn't want to do anything. I was, I was scared of my own shadow. Um, not something I portrayed when I actually did see that person, you know, that wasn't, Oh no, 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 oh, I'm all right. I'm. yeah, Adam's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no problem here. Wasn't true, wasn't true at all. I had a job at the time, I had a job. Um, I was avoiding people at work, I was avoiding work. I ended up um, just effectively burning all my bridges at work, left left the job Um, because I couldn't face it, I couldn't uh, get into work properly, I couldn't show people how I really was, Um, couldn't interact with staff, couldn't interact with management. I honestly can't remember whether I was fired or I, or I quit. It may have been a combination of the two. I think I effectively went, I'm not coming back. And they said, well, technically you're still being fired. I think it was something along those lines. Um, I never really engaged with it pro- properly because I, I couldn't. My mind wasn't, wasn't there. It was somewhere else. Um, I remember um, a vicar at the time literally saying to me, and I'm, not, I'm not religious, but I found actually there was a vicar at the time that, that spoke to me like a human being didn't bring in God, didn't didn't talk about religion at all, but just treated me like a human, didn't try and psychoanalyze me. And they basically said that the biggest problem you have is you're creating these masks, you're creating these walls. And that works for so long. And then after a while, they crumble. And the problem is, is because you never go back and look, when they start to crumble, they completely collapse. And so, as I say, I, I went from... This person I'd created, I'd had a long-term relationship, very long-term relationship, to it slowly crumbling, then the relationship ending, and I just fell apart. I I was gone, I was was in the midst of a breakdown. In fact, it was that time period where I was held by the Mental Health Act. Um, (laughs) I had medication, and um, I think I had a um, pocket knife on me that was confiscated at a hospital. I escaped from the hospital um and had the police come and get me had one of the most ridiculous conversations about the head of the police officer where they said uh, effectively if it weren't for the fact that we were short-staffed you would have been sectioned um which shout out to whoever tried to train that um police officer because he didn't do a very good job um and i was held for the crisis team um and i was just In that time period, I also, it was around then, I can't remember if it was before or after, I'd also self-harmed. I had my parents, um, I had uh, a previous university, um, two universities, in fact, the police, ambulance service, all looking for me. Um, And just everything was was falling apart. Everything that I saw, everything I, I thought of was just... I didn't know who I was anymore. I couldn't create a mask anymore. I couldn't mirror someone. There was no one there. And that was probably the hardest thing to do. From what the first bout of homelessness had created to protect me, had created the second bout of homelessness, where I had no one else to mirror. I had nothing to... To give me a boundary, I couldn't become someone else. I didn't know who I was. All it was was a collapsed wall, and suddenly, there's that young teen lad crying in the corner, not knowing what the hell to do. All the bravado had gone. All the um, the the hopes, the push forward, everything. I had so many plans, like everyone does. I was on track at one point, ahead of my plans. And when that fell apart, so did everything else. And then those plans weren't mine anymore. Those thoughts weren't mine. And it became a serious, serious issue. And it took some time. I say some time. In the grand scheme of things, it was a very short period of my life. Both times were very short periods. But that's very easy to say when you look back on them retrospectively. When you're in them and you're going through a meltdown and homeless and the two go together, there's, they're not fast. It's not a short period of time at all. You hate every moment of your life. And this is one of the things I always get irritated at people because <clears throat> the amount of people out there that go, well, I'm not going to give them money because they're going to spend it on alcohol, going to spend it on drugs. And I'm like, spend one fucking night, one night outside. Spend one night sleeping rough. Spend one night dealing with the people the homeless people have to deal with. Fucking you for a start. And tell me that when you realise there's nothing that you can do about your situation, because there's not. This idea of, um, I I mean, I heard it on, I think it was TikTok where they said, well, if you're homeless, just buy a house. I really hope that was a troll because otherwise what the fuck are they teaching people? Um, The idea you can just get a job. <clears throat> just open a bank account. You can't do these things if you're homeless. You have no fixed abode. People will not employ you. People will not give you a bank account. People won't listen to you. People won't talk to you. You don't smell the same way unless, like me, you were lucky enough to be able to um, have a um, a, um, a contract with a gym or something like that. There's, there's just no way. And so when people go, oh, well, they're just going to spend on this, so would you. In fact, most of you fucking do. Most of the people that go, oh, they're just going to spend it on drinking drugs are the same fuckers I see on a Friday night pissed out of their head, thrown up on um, a street corner while the homeless guy is down in the subways freezing his ass off, wondering where he's going to get his next meal from. <clears throat> but of course, he's the one that's going to misuse um, their that small pittance that you might have given them. I get very annoyed by this. I remember... Um, when, I, when my wife was still uh, with me before she passed away, and I, I was talking to someone um, in a local shop about this, about the fact that I used to be homeless. And their immediate response, and I know this comes from my accent, the way I speak, the way I present myself, the education I have created for myself. Um, and their immediate response was, but you're civilised. Which stung so much more than I think I even realised at the time. Because they're saying a lot of things there. One, not just that, oh, but you don't look homeless or you don't look like you would have done or you don't seem like you would have come. You're civilised. As if people on the streets come from some kind of barbarian horde that, you know, I'm civilised. I come from civilization. You can't be part of that. You must, you must come from some kind of different tribe if you possibly are on the streets. That can't be the same case. You're civilised. And this idea that, <clears throat> that it can't happen to everyone, which is nonsense. There's people I know, maybe people listening to this, if anyone does listen, um, that think, well, it, that would never happen to me. I'm different, or I have people that love me. I have, it doesn't fucking matter, doesn't matter. It can happen to anyone. There is no get out clause with things like this everyone is open to mental health issues everyone is open to homelessness and you know what the the two tend to go together quite well unfortunately um and the amount of research that you can find out there doesn't even necessarily state that um the way that most people think which is oh well if you're on the street then you have um Sorry that, that that you have mental health issues, and so that creates you go on the street. Like you have to be um, quote unquote mental, and then you go on the street. Actually, what I, and if you think about it, it, makes more sense, and the research does show is that no, actually, there's a good correlation between the people that go on the streets and then suffer from mental health issues, because wouldn't you? You've gone from potentially. I don't, I, I've met people that have like been like this who were in lucrative jobs. They were paying mortgages, but they were, they were living month by month as much of places like America did when the, the shutdown happened there. People lived month by month. And then the downturn happened in 2007, 2008. Suddenly they don't have a job. Suddenly they can't make a mortgage payment. Well, now their partner's left them because they can't do that anymore or they've gone to live with parents and their pa- <clears throat> their parent may have passed away well now what do they do now they've got into a, going a halfway home maybe they, they try and get some rent for a while they haven't been able to save because they've been living up they've they've not worried about money because it's been an upturn. just because you have money just because you have a family just because of anything else does not mean that you get to avoid the idea of homelessness and then from that mental health comes in and you know what the finances the push The way that people look at you, the way that people look at you when you're homeless, the cause of mental health from that, if nothing else. Think about the way that you look at someone next time you're in the street and you see someone on the street. Um, Maybe they're begging, maybe they're not. Maybe they're sleeping. And you look down on them. Literally, you know you do. And that becomes something you get used to It's part of your identity. Now, that's how society sees you. They look down on you. They don't see you as a person. They don't see you as the same as they are because you're not, you're uncivilized. There's someone on the street and then tell me you can keep your sanity. Tell me you can not suffer from some kind of mental health issue. Now, when, of course, you have the combination, as I did, of having mental health issues before, during and after. Then you get into some massive issues. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably want me to be able to give some magic, magic idea of this is how I got out of being homeless. Um, Previous homeless man solves everything. No, doesn't happen like that. It's just not the truth for some people yes of course you know if you're lucky enough to be in North Carolina Mr Beast might turn up up, out of nowhere you know if you're happy enough to be in, in Brighton then suddenly um you know you might have PewDiePie turn up and give you 10 grand but that's not real life for so many people and there is no silver bullet there is no special thing when I was um in my teens and I was having issues, I ended up, I believe. Um, I moved in with uh, an employee at the school, ended up living with an employee at the school, um, then went on to put an ad in the paper after that and, and found somewhere, um, and then moved back in with members of my family. Um, when I was in my late twenties, I finally managed to escape where I was basically after having these issues with um, mental health and being kept under the mental health act overnight, um, after escaping hospital and, and got family members to be guarantor for me and got out of that situation there. But as soon as that ended, the mask went back up. And I've been wearing that mask or one of its brothers and sisters ever since. Mental health and homelessness go hand in hand. And will having a good hold on your mental health help you not become homeless? I think it will help you if you become homeless. I don't necessarily think it will give you some silver bullet to stop you becoming homeless, but it may well help you if you do become homeless. And if you are homeless and you're somehow listening to this, um, you know, you've got a you've got a phone to try and sort things out for you you've been looking for jobs and you're listening to this on on amazon music or something where it's free um then there's no silver bullet for you if you've got yourself together well done if you're if you're if you're one of the few that's still managing to hold on well done i mean that and even if you're not if you're someone that's just looking into the abyss and seeing it start to stare back you're not the only one that's been there i've been there it stared back at me several times and now i own a home i am the chair of board of trustees for mental health charity i have a degree these things came either just before or definitely subsequently for most of it from being homeless so um definitely from the first time, um, and most of it after the second time. Do I think there's a possibility I could ever be homeless again? It is the one thing I, as almost as tribute to my, to my late wife, will do my best to never be back again. Um, but I can't see tomorrow. None of us can so it's difficult to know we don't know the future we don't know what's going to happen so doesn't mean i'm prepared doesn't mean i'm um i'm able to to know how to handle myself or how to deal with things potentially covid was maybe easier because of certain things for certain people um but there is no silver bullet there is no special answer and anybody that's suffering out there now anyone that's sofa surfing that's still telling themselves i'm not homeless because i'm sofa surfing don't take it as something that has to be swept under the carpet you are no less worthy just because you're finding yourself in this situation it could happen to anyone it has happened to anyone um you're just as valid for your position and place in life as anyone else and reach out that's very difficult i think people don't realize just how stubborn the majority of people that are on the streets are people always have in their head because you know we have the daily mail we have the telegraph we have the express and the sun they'll tell us you know people on the streets are always begging and they're reaching out and they just want money and yeah, no most of the people i know on the street yeah they'll accept food they'll accept money of course they will but they don't look for it. And a lot of them aren't in the streets. They're in woods, in, in tents or something, avoiding that. And they never let you know if they can avoid it, that their are homeless in the first place. You know, it'll be that, that mate that, oh, I'll get you a dream next time. It's possible. University I used to go to actually had someone that would um, sleep in one of their computer rooms overnight. It's almost a a known fact by most of the faculty and most of the students. This person was homeless. They'd spend a lot of the day in lectures and in the library. They'd be trying their best because this was their way out. And they'd sleep in the computer rooms overnight. And then they'd go to the library next morning where there was a usable shower. And so they could avoid any questions. Um, But there's no shame for being where you are wherever you are there's no shame um just know that you're not the first to be there you won't be the last unfortunately to be there and those that have tread the same waters as you before have got out have done far better than they could imagine um but everyone's path and everyone's journey is different and if you can find yours then great um I don't think there's much more I can say um this is pretty much just a, almost like a story time from me about my times when I was homeless I didn't tell you any specific stories about things that happened but just my state of mind and the way I was thinking what's happening to me at the time which I think is important especially for a mental health podcast um I hope it's let some of you know that actually that person that you thought was okay may not be um and to maybe give a lift up to someone that you think is struggling or someone that may be about to go homeless or whatever rather than looking down on them because um it can make a difference and at the end of the day we're also all civilized whether we've been on the street or not um okay well thank you everyone thank you for joining me um please do like comment and subscribe on these um podcasts and the more i get the more i can do obviously we've done big podcasts in 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 the past with um you know people that have have written for for tv shows and comedy shows in america to you know uh, tiktok stars um ex-military and all sorts of different people Uh, i want to continue this i want to make it bigger and better if i can um so if you like comment and subscribe And um, we'll see what we can do, but uh, I'll join you next time. And thanks everyone for joining me and um, have a good rest of the day. Thanks everyone.